All right, it is time for Baldry's Beat. I'm Jody Vance sitting in for Mike Smith. So glad that Global News Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry didn't take a vacation on this beautiful Friday morning. Thanks for doing this as always, Keith. How can I take a day off when I get a chance to talk with Jody Vance? Oh, you're very kind. And you're very covered in pie. Before we get into anything else today, I want to say thank you for for having some fun and raising some funds and now going somewhat viral tell everybody what you were doing with the pies in your face yeah so this has actually gone a little crazy so um there's a the tour de cure tour de cure which is a bike ride from uh surrey to uh hope in august uh to raise money for uh, fighting cancer it's sponsored by the bc cancer foundation selena robinson Post-secondary education minister has been a participant in that. She convinced two reporters, uh, Rob Shaw from the Vancouver Sun and Katie uh, Rob Shaw from Czech and Katie DeRosa from the Vancouver Sun to be in the ride. And Shaw came up with his idea to have five of us in the press gallery, myself, Richard Zussman, Rob, Katie, and Vaughn Palmer, to convince MLAs to buy pies of whipped cream. Uh, for a significant amount of money, more than $100 each, and to pie us in the back steps of the legislature during beef days, which is about 150 people lined up to have barbecue beef. So it was this huge spectacle where basically MLAs threw pies at our faces uh, and heads for about an hour, much to the delight of the people watching and much to the delight of the MLAs who couldn't wait to take pictures and have a lot of fun. But Nikki Sharma, the Attorney General's pie of me, uh, has gone yes. viral. <laughs> where She basically pied my face and then smushed it all over my hair and my back and my uh, side of my head and such. But we raised $2,500, which was great. This is basically written on the back of a napkin. And it was so successful, we're going to do it again next year and really put our, our shoulder to the wheel and hopefully raise us you know, five or $10,000 or whatever, much bigger goal set for next year. It was extremely popular, and people continue to stop me on the street and say, have you got that whipped cream out of your hair yet? Because it was out of your uh, ear, out of my ear, out of my nose. <laughs> uh, and it was uh, that sort of cheap commercial whipping cream with that oily mm-hmm. base. And that oil, oh, yeah. I'll tell you, I've compared notes with Zussman and Palmer and Katie and Rob. Uh, no, it's it, it. No matter how many showers you have, that oily film sticks around for a while. But it was for a good cause and very popular. You mentioned Attorney General Nikki Sharma's uh, pie uh, going viral. We do have a little bit of audio of that, so I'm I'm going to direct our uh, fabulous technical director Tim French to dig that up and uh, just have a listen to this before we dive into the uh, to the more serious topics. This is Keith Baldry getting pied by Nikki Sharma. <laughs> the sheer joy of pieing Keith Baldry. Next year when you hold this event, I commit to coming there to buy a pie and, and pieing or even taking part and being one of the members of the media who might yeah. uh, receive a pie. I would the do more, that for a The more cost. participants, the better. I introduced, the, when the crowd started cheering, I asked, asked the crowd if they can recognize the former Attorney General, Nikki Sharma, <laughs> which got a bit of a Excellent. chuckle as well. So I got pied by Energy Minister Josie Osborne, uh, BC United MLAs, Eleanor Sturko and Jackie Taggart, and Nikki Sharma, and I believe Ian Payton of the BC United as well. 
but uh, there was Very a lot of MLA. Event. I think about 20 MLAs took part and bought uh, bought pies, and again, it was a great event. I think that's that's excellent, and and some fun um, at the end of the spring session. Let's get to that. Yesterday marked the end of the spring session. Lots of legislation over uh, the months of this session, uh, going back to February. Twenty five pieces of legislation in all. Yep, and uh, it, not an overly busy legislative uh, session. Nothing really dramatic in terms of bills. I think what um, stood out in the session was the the emergence that we saw last fall and continued this spring was an issue that usually isn't front and center in BC politics, and that's the issue of public safety, where mm. the random street violence that's occurring, the the controversy over bail for repeat violent offenders routinely being released. We've never seen that dominate uh, the proceedings like we've seen in, starting last fall and this spring on a, in question period. I mean, the legislature is sort of divided into two parts. So there's the legislative uh, end of things, and the government, because it has a majority, gets its legislation through. I mean, there's never any doubt about that. Uh, but then the other part is the daily question period, where that's right. a chance for the opposition to to get a platform to put hold the government's feet to the fire and raise the issues it thinks is important. And BC United, before then, the BC Liberals, um, hit upon public safety as a dominant issue over such things as health care, taxation, environment, climate change, whatever. That became the dominant issue. And I think the opposition did a fairly good job of putting the government on the defensive and actually leading and pressuring the government to doing things. And that included... Um, again, mentioning Nikki Sharma, the Attorney General, and Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth, uh, meeting with federal counterparts and provincial counterparts on the issue of bail and pressing for criminal code changes. So that wasn't there at the beginning of the session, but I think as a result of some pretty effective pressure from the opposition, the BC United opposition, that did force the government to act. And you don't see that all the time. So on that basis, I think the, the session was a success for the opposition, even though it's going through a name change that is, I think, confusing people out there. Yeah. Um, not everyone is familiar with the, the name BC United. I understand we're going to start to see an ad campaign, Jody, probably on NW and Global, of BC United um, sh- showcasing its name and telling people that they're no longer the BC Liberals, it's now the BC United Party. So it, the, the session ended... Um, Traditionally, with the last question period, the opposition with a sort of a dog's breakfast of issues, all the issues it wanted, it raised throughout the session, and it ends with the premier taking the last question. That was David Eby boasting about all the accomplishments from his point of view that occurred during the session, causing the opposition MLAs basically to lose their minds because they don't Mm -hmm. like that. So it was very raucous, very loud, and the speaker Raj Shahan, who's very funny. Uh, kept calling for order and said, you know, basically, you know, everybody's watching you. Calm down. <laughs> Just everybody yeah. stop shouting. So it was a, a raucous end to, I think, a very uh, informative and entertaining legislative session. I was going to say the speaker really does make question period entertaining. Uh, and that's not a sentence I ever imagined I'd ever say out loud in a row. Yeah, he's uh, Russia Han, who's the member for Burnaby Edmonds, a veteran MLA. I've known him since the 70s when he was a farm workers union organizer. Yeah. He's very well respected, but he has a very dry sense of humor and he's very sarcastic he about he everybody. You just, you know, it's not the end of the world, guys. Just calm yeah, down. Come on, man. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's that tone of like, don't make me come down there. 
That's right. To you know, some some bellicose children misbehaving in front of him, and um, and he does very well. Okay, so um, we'll probably get back to the spring session when we open up phones here on Baldry's Beat, but I want to get your opinion on the Trump Town Hall. We just did a segment with Professor Timothy Caulfield about the disinformation and misinformation, but from a political perspective, what do you see happening uh, when former president now uh, campaigning for president Donald Trump sees his numbers go up after a town hall like we saw uh, on CNN? Yeah, well, I think it's, again, yet more evidence. He is the dominant political figure in the United States, um, you know, for good and bad, that he is a hot-button person where he generated his support, supporters, but he also generated very vocal opposition, people denouncing CNN for putting a guy who'd just been found guilty of sexual assault in a civic trial to give him a platform and a town hall platform on a national stage. Like, is that responsible? On the other hand, he garnered a huge amount of attention. Uh, it didn't get the ratings bump that I think CNN was looking for. CNN has been in a real tailspin since Trump was president. I mean, they rode the ratings uh, as Trump rose through the primary season, at the original when he ran for president, and through yeah. his presidency. But then once he left, that took the edge off CNN's coverage. And They've slumped, and now they seem to be basically betting on Trump again to get them out of this ratings hole that they've been in for some time. But again, for better or worse, it I think it just shows again Donald Trump is the dominant political figure in the United States. Jody Vanson for Mike Smith. It is Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, our Global News Legislative Bureau Chief, is here to take your calls. It's a Friday. We wrap it up. We can literally talk about whatever we like. But uh, obviously, yesterday marked the end of the spring session at the legislature. Uh, We can talk about that. We touched on uh, Trump's town hall. Lots of opinion on that. Uh, So call us. 604-280-9898. Star 9898 is a free call on your cell. And uh, Keith, we're starting with Doug in Surrey. Welcome, Doug. Hi, Keith and Jody. I have a question about Harry Lally. Well, uh, Kevin Falcon was running this month yesterday that Harry Lally is now associated in some way with the uh, BC Liberal, I mean United. Um, other than to show off his new suit, did Harry Lally have somebody step aside so he represents somebody, or is he just making a special guest appearance? Yeah, I'm not sure what the point of yesterday's appearance was. He's not running for um, office. He's not going to be seeking a nomination. Uh, He quit the NDP a long time ago, or the NDP parted ways with him a number of years ago. So uh, Lolly's quite the character. Uh, Got a lot of time for Harry. I had a nice conversation with him yesterday in the corridor, but there was really very little media interest in this, uh, just his appearance. And he sat on the floor of the legislature on the BC United side rather than the NDP side. But uh, again, he and the NDP parted ways long ago. But he did make an interesting point in his statement why he's abandoned the NDP, even though I think he abandoned it a long time ago. He referred to it as basically an urban-centric uh, party. <clears throat> and there's a, you know, that, that speaks to what the political landscape looks right now for both uh, both sides. The BC United, or as precursor BC Liberals, has been shunted to the interior and the north, largely, with very few city, very few ridings in where most people live, which is Metro Vancouver. The NDP, on the flip side, has been very much centered in Metro Vancouver and the capital region. 
that's where the NDP exists. They don't have a lot of representation in the hinterland and the interior in the north. And that speaks to where both parties' are, challenges are. The BC United needs to pick up ground and support in where people live, which is Metro Vancouver. The NDP, I think, in the long term, needs to broaden its appeal to go outside of Metro Vancouver and start attracting people who live in the resource communities around BC and in the interior and the north. So Lally's appearance and statement was a reminder of what that political landscape looks like and what the challenges are for the two main parties. Thank you for your call, Doug. Let's go to Squamish now and welcome Chris to the show. Chris, your question for Keith Baldry. Yeah, well, it's not really a question, I guess, uh, maybe more of an opinion. But, uh, you know, Kevin Falcon used to be a Socred, then he became a liberal. Now they want to change their name again to the United Party. All I'm just saying is basically these guys here are just like, you know, like a snake can shed its skin, but it's still a snake. So, you know, these people here, they, uh, they think they're going to fool the people by just changing the name. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's changing the name does present a challenge, and we've talked about this before. This is basically a rebranding exercise, and anyone who's you know gone to business one-on-one knows branding, uh, rebranding does not occur overnight. This is going to be a real challenge for the BC United, and this was reflected in a poll from Mario Canseco's Research Co. Uh, earlier this week, which showed in public opinion, decided voters, that the NDP leads the BC United by 46 to 33 percent. That's an enormous gap. And I think that's reflective of the fact that people don't know who BC United really is. It's a new name. The BC liberal name has disappeared. And it's going to take some time for the BC United party to establish itself in the public mind uh, as, mm-hmm. as an effective brand. It's not going to happen overnight. And they're going to struggle, I think, until for some time until that brand is, is cemented. You know, when I joined television, Jody, I joined BCTV. We were an enormous brand in the 90s, and we switched to global. And it took a couple years to make that switch. Our ratings didn't really suffer so much as this the the branding, the rebranding. Name it took, awareness. It yeah. takes some time for people to to come aware of of what your name means, and that's the that's the challenge. BC United faces right now. They're not very well known to people, and it's going to take some time to reverse that. And I've heard you and Mike talk about it. Uh, you know, we tune into Baldry's beat all the time, and and you you have a name jar. Where you got to put a loony in every time you misname a quarter. If it was a loony, <laughs> oh, we'd be broke. Quarter? Every time we call uh, them the BC Liberals on the air, whether it's on NW yeah. or on Global, we joke we got to put a quarter in the in the in the tip jar, uh, and we keep making those mistakes. It's understandable. I mean, everybody in the legislature, yeah. even the even the BC United folks, call themselves from time to time they trip over the name BC Liberals, and yeah. it's going to take some time to to change that. And you're super savvy and entrenched in the politics of it. And there are people who honestly equated the B.C. liberals with the federal liberals. Yep. Couldn't be more different. And yet that was one of the reasons for the name change. Uh, it, yep. it, it's really quite something. Keith, as always, on a Friday, I appreciate you being here with me when Mike takes a day off and I get to jump into his seat. So uh, thanks for this and have a great uh, weekend. Stay cool out there. You have a great weekend as well. Yeah, stay cool. It's going to be hot.